0: Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of his promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. We want to encourage you to be letting your friends know about the podcast, have them search for Eagles on the Hill on YouTube or wherever they listen to podcasts. They can follow us there and be up to date on all the things that are going on here at Eagles on the Hill. We want to join together and follow Jesus, draw strength from him to fly like an eagle as he promises us in his word. Today, we're going to get into the book of Revelation which is a, just a very popular book. Whenever you ask somebody, what book of the Bible do you want to study? They often say, I want to study the book of Revelation. And uh, then we get into it, and it uh, just tends to be very confusing for people as they read it, uh, when actually it should not be confusing at all if we understand it rightly. If we understand the book of Revelation correctly, the book of Revelation is given by uh, a vision given by Jesus to the Apostle John to comfort Christians to bring us great comfort, to bring us great hope in the midst of a world that's gone crazy. And uh, a lot of times when people read the book of Revelation, they get scared by what they read there. What does that tell you? That tells you they're not interpreting it correctly, because if they were interpreting it correctly, they would be comforted and they would be given a lot of hope by what's going on there in the book of Revelation. So we want to get to that hope, that comfort that God gives us, And there are three key principles of interpretation for the book of Revelation, for any book of Scripture, really, but for the book of Revelation in particular, that we want to talk about to help us understand what goes on in the book of Revelation. What I'm going to do outside of this podcast, actually, is provide chapter-by-chapter commentary applying these principles to the book of Revelation. So if you'd like to study uh, more in-depth about that book, then uh, go on to our YouTube site, Eagles on the Hill. Just search for Eagles on the Hill. Go to our Revelation playlist, and uh, all of the uh, chapters of the book of Revelation will have commentary by me, your esteemed host. We'll see how good I can do with this, applying the principles that we talk about today to help you be able not only to understand uh, what's going on in the book of Revelation, but to have hope and take comfort from what God reveals to us there. So what are those key things? three principles. Here we go. Check it out. The first one is we want to understand what the author intends us to understand. We want to know the intended sense of the author. This in contrast to what you're typically asked with the book of Revelation, people are typically asked, are you interpreting it literally or interpreting it figuratively? Well, I want to avoid that dichotomy and I want to say I want to interpret it the way the author intends me to understand it the intended sense of the author. Let me give you uh, examples in our own day of how that is, of uh, how we apply that, and you'll be able to see why that's important as we go into the Book of Revelation. So for instance, uh, first off, if you are reading the newspaper, and uh, at the front page of the newspaper, which is in theory the news section, sometimes it's not, but that's another story, but anyway, It's the news section and you see there a picture on the news page of an elephant kicking a donkey. What's the intended sense of the author? Well, if it's on the news page, the intended sense of the author is that something bad happened at the zoo. The elephants got out and started kicking the donkeys. I'm not sure if that's ever actually happened, but nevertheless, let's contrast that with that same picture appearing on the political cartoon section of the newspaper where you would find political cartoons. What's the intended sense of the author if that picture appears in the political cartoon section? It's to tell us, we clearly understand this today, that some Republican beat up on some Democrat, whether it would be uh, in a debate or in an election or whatever the context might be. Uh, The same picture could be put in reverse, a donkey kicking an elephant, and we'd understand that the Democrat beat up on the Republican if it's the political cartoon section. If it's the front page of the newspaper, the intended sense of the author is different because it's a different genre of literature. It is news on the front page and it is a political cartoon on the political cartoon page. Uh, or take another example. Uh, we'll, we'll, take back and we'll go back in time here a little bit. To, uh, we'll go to the, the game of basketball. And if someone were to say, uh, hey, Michael Jordan just dunked that ball. He jumped as high as the sky. What genre of literature, so to speak, is that? Well, that's the color commentator telling us that Michael Jordan jumped really, really, really high. No one understands the intended sense of the person saying Michael Jordan jumped as high as the sky. The intended sense is clearly not to tell us that the sky has a ceiling maybe eight miles up, and Michael Jordan jumped up eight miles and touched the ceiling of the sky. That is clearly not the intended sense of that speaker. right? The intended sense is he jumped really, really high. So we have to apply that same kind of principle to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is apocalyptic literature, as is some of the, some pieces of Old Testament prophets, some pieces of Ezekiel and Daniel and the, and the rest. And so we need to understand the intended sense of the author. Apocalyptic literature is a certain kind of literature, just like the political cartoon section is a certain type of literature, just like the play-by-play announcer in basketball is different than the color commentator. We have to understand what the kind of literature is we're dealing with and then understand the intended sense of the author. Let's take a look, for instance, at an Old Testament prophet who was uh, speaking in a picturesque way, Amos chapter 9, verse 13. Amos talks about uh, the end of the world and the new heavens and new earth when, when all things will be made new again by God. And he says, at that, that day, the mountains will drip sweet wine. I prefer Cabernet, but anyway, the mountains will drip sweet wine. What kind of language is that? Is that the language of a front page of the newspaper, or is that the language of a picturesque story? Is that poetry? Well, it's poetry. So what does Amos intend us to understand? Two choices. Does he want us to understand that in that beautiful day, everything will be in abundance, or does he want us to understand that in that day, rivers of water are going to be replaced by rivers of sweet wine on mountains clearly the first he wants us to understand that everything will be in abundance in that day that's the intended sense of the author so that's what i mean and we'll see that as we go through the book of revelation revelation again is apocalyptic literature and so we want to understand revelation as the kind of literature it is and not make it something else it's more like the political cartoon section it is like the front page of the newspaper we need to keep that in mind many commentators lose sight of that as they get into the weeds about all these pictures in the book of revelation we don't want to make that mistake second thing about the book of revelation apocalyptic literature is that in apocalyptic literature numbers oftentimes are not referring to numerical values that numerical value doesn't matter it's that they mean things numbers mean things we have a vestige of that today in our culture with the number 13, for instance. So what does the number 13 mean? It is bad luck. Go into a high-rise building, and uh, nobody works on the 13th floor. Hotels don't have a 13th floor. Who would want to push number 13 on the elevator? Nobody. Why not? Because that's bad luck. Uh, The only place I think a number 13 would show up uh, in an elevator would be in a horror movie. And when somebody pushed the number 13 and got off, you would know that's the end of them. Something bad's going to happen, right? The number means things. There are, There is a 13th floor in every building that's higher than 13 floors, but nobody calls it the 13th floor because numbers mean things in our day. At least the number 13 does. Well, that's true in spades in apocalyptic literature. So what do numbers mean in apocalyptic literature? Which revelation is apocalyptic literature? The number 7 is the number of perfection. It is a perfect number. It's the number of completion. It's the number most often used in the book of Revelation. We'll see that as we read it. The number 12, well, that refers to the Old Testament people of God, the 12 tribes of Israel. It also refers to the New Testament people of God because Jesus chose, for that specific reason, 12 disciples, 12 apostles. And so when you combine the Old and New Testament people of God together, what number do you get? 24. We'll see that number in the book of Revelation. The number 10 in apocalyptic literature has to do with fullness, massiveness, com- magnitude. Uh, something is full or or massive. And when you multiply numbers, by the way, that becomes even more full, even more massive. It's like, it's like sending a text message uh, in all caps or putting a bunch of explanation points next to the number. So the number a thousand, for instance, is ten times ten times ten. So that's really full, really massive. The number a hundred million, well, that's about as high as you can go. That's infinity. That's really, really, ultimately massive. Get the point? The number four has to do with visible creation. We have a vestige of that today. We talk today about the four corners of the earth. Nobody believes the earth has corners. But the number four corners, where did that expression come from? It came from the fact that the number four refers to visible, creation. And we'll see that play out in the book of Revelation. Lots of other numbers as well, but we'll stop there. We've made the point that numbers mean things in apocalyptic literature. Numbers mean things in Revelation. They don't necessarily want us to be thinking about numerical values. That's key. And people make that mistake in the book of Revelation. We don't want to make that mistake. Third and final principle of interpretation is this. Is Revelation to be read linearly, that is, from front to back, from chapter one to chapter 22, as if we're seeing one thing all the way through, or are we seeing the same thing multiple times? This is to be read in a cyclical way. Are we seeing the same thing over and over and over again from different perspectives? Revelation is written in a cyclical way. How do we know that? Well, we know that because There is, according to the rest of Scripture, only one end of the world. The world ends one time. In the book of Revelation, the world ends, guess how many times? Seven times. The world ends seven times. So is Revelation teaching us to look for seven different ends of the world? It would be if we read it in a linear fashion from chapter 1 to chapter 22. But That would be against the rest of Scripture. No, Revelation is teaching us to look for the end of the world once. And it's examining how the world goes on now and how it ends seven different times from seven different perspectives, the same thing. In other words, we're seeing the same thing seven different ways. And so there's seven different ends of the world in Revelation. It's all one end of the world. That's a mistake a lot of people make as they read it linearly, like you read the Gospel of Matthew, but Revelation is not the Gospel of Matthew or Mark, or Luke, or John. Revelation is revelation. It's apocalyptic literature. It's written a different way. And so we need to understand that as we go through the book of Revelation. So those are the keys to reading the book of Revelation. We want to make sure that we apply them, whether you join us on our YouTube channel for all the chapters of the book of Revelation as I go through and examine them and apply these things, or whether you do it on your own. These are the principles you want to apply. These are the things you want to watch out for as you're listening to other commentators. Many other commentators violate these three different principles of interpretation at their own peril. What they wind up doing then is presenting a book of Revelation that's scary, that uh, kind of makes you horrified about what's going on and what's to come. That's not why the book was written. The book was written to comfort and to strengthen the faith of believers. At the end of the book, if your faith is not strengthened and comforted, if you're not given great hope for the future, then something is amiss with how the preacher, the teacher is interpreting it. We'll see that as we go through our reading of the book of Revelation. It is a wonderful, hopeful, inspiring book for believers. And we want to see that as we go through it. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Uh, we want to encourage you to email us at eaglesonthehill 211 at gmail.com with your thoughts about this or other topics you'd like us to talk about. Remember, that we are going to be releasing also each of the chapters of the book of Revelation on our YouTube channel. Search for Eagles on the Hill. Go to the Revelation playlist and you'll be able to walk through, if you want to, all the chapters of the book of Revelation there using these principles principles of interpretation. So as we close this podcast, uh, we want to thank you for listening. Remember the promise of God in Isaiah 40 that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar, they will fly on wings like eagles. We believe and trust in that promise of God because God is always, always faithful to his word. Thanks for listening.